Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today is November 8th. Um, I'm recording this on November 7th. It's 10.30 p.m. And once the clock strikes midnight in one hour and 29 minutes, it will be my mom's birthday. My mom is Karen Kern. Some of you know her. Some of you have probably heard from her. If you've been to a Cersei Institute conference or participated in an event like our Kindred event, which is a mom's retreat, then you probably know who she is. She likes to, you know, stay behind the scenes. But I wanted to um, honor her today on her birthday by reading for you her favorite poem. That poem is by Lucy Shaw, and it's called Mary's Song. Lucy Shaw was born in 1928 in London, and she's lived in Canada, Australia, and of course the U.S., A 1953 high honors graduate of Wheaton College in Illinois, she became co-founder and later president of Harold Shaw Publishers, and since 1988 has been a writer-in-residence at Regent College in Vancouver, Canada. She's a charter member of the Chrysostom Society of Writers and is the author of 11 volumes of poetry, including Sea Glass, New and Selected Poems, which came out in 2016, and Thumbprints in the Clay, Divine Marks of Beauty, Order, and Grace, also in 2016. She has many collections of poetry, and has also co-authored three books with Madeline Langle. Before I say anything else about the poem, and I'm going to share a reflection from a friend of mine, actually, that he wrote about this poem on on the Circe Institute website. Before I get to that and some of my own reflections on this poem, I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then we can think about it. So this is Lucy Shaw's Mary's Song. I'm actually reading it from a collection, a Lucy Shaw collection, which uh, my dad took a picture of for me. and and sent it to me in text message. So I'm reading out of the page that my mom has in her book with her underlinings in it, which I think is kind of nice. Blue homespun and the bend of my breast keep warm this small, hot, naked star fallen to my arms. Rest, you who have had so far to come. Now nearness satisfies the body of God sweetly. Quiet he lies whose vigor hurl the universe. He sleeps whose eyelids have not closed before. His breath, so slight it seems no breath at all, once ruffled the dark deeps to sprout a world. Charmed by doves' voices, the whisper of straw, he dreams, hearing no music from his other spheres. Breath, mouth, ears, eyes, he is curtailed who overflowed all skies, all years. Older than eternity, now he is new, now native to earth as I am, nailed to my poor planet, caught that I might be free, blind in my womb to know my darkness ended, brought to this birth for me to be newborn, and for him to see me mended, I must see him torn. I think it goes without saying why a mother would find this poem special. It captures the sort of quotidian, but yet um, deeply profound and special relationship between a mother and a child. And I suspect that any mother who's ever heard Mary's story in the Gospels has thought some of the thoughts that Lucy Shaw presents here. Of course, Lucy Shaw presents them in such a beautiful way. The Circe Institute used to have a feature on our website called the Poem of the Week. It sort of fell by the wayside. It was certainly a precursor to this show, though. And my friend Joshua Leland actually wrote a reflection about this very poem. And I wanted to read a few lines of that for you. 
And he reflects on the fact that his firstborn son was born nine weeks premature. Um, it was an emergency and pretty traumatic, both for the parents, of course, but also for the child who is, I believe, now eight years old and a good friend of my children. But this is what my friend Josh writes. The helplessness of it all was the worst. And though I would like to say that I trusted God throughout it all, there were times where it felt like my insides would turn to stone if that frail heart stopped beating. I realized not long after his birth that creating an idol out of your child is one of the easiest and most dangerous things to do. Filial love is good, but elevated to an absolute it becomes something terrible. A scene in The Great Divorce comes to mind. I wonder then how it must have been for Mary, whose son was not only flesh of her flesh, blood of her blood, but also God incarnate, and it makes me suspect that perhaps Mary has tasted of the deepest despair of any human that has ever lived. I imagine that to watch one's child die is a terrible thing. To watch one's child, who is the divine word made flesh, is something beyond my imagination. Josh continues on later. To realize that the Creator himself had willingly chosen to become nailed to my poor planet was a turning point in my life, because I knew then that I was justified in sensing the gaping void that existed between God and myself, but I saw that even that gaping void had been experienced and conquered by Christ. I could understand God partaking in our joy and laughter and merriment, but to comprehend a God that has partaken of despair, death, and desolation took the cry of a man nailed to a tree. Let the thought of his death point us towards a life more abundant. There is no place his love cannot find us, because he was, we are never forsaken. This poem's glimpse of Mary's participation in the redemption of mankind should lead us eventually to a contemplation of repentance. End quote. This poem is extra special for me right now, not just because it's my mom's birthday, but because any day now my wife is due to give birth with our fourth child, our a little girl, our first little girl. By the time you've listened to this, uh, Lord willing, that baby will be here. And so, of course, it's been on my mind, that relationship between a mother and a child, the nurturing relationship. Um, and it's amazing to think of Mary nurturing God. Um, even to say it out loud feels ridiculous. And I love that line, quiet he lies, whose vigor hurled a universe. He sleeps whose eyelids have not closed before. And I think about the child that we have coming, the cries that are coming, and the moments of silence that are coming her own vigor, and even the sense that she will at times have her own despair, which Josh references in his reflection on this poem. But there's reason to be hopeful as she comes into a, our world broken, though it is. Because, as Josh writes, there is no place his love cannot find us, because he was, we are never forsaken. There is no place his love cannot find my child soon to be here because he was, she will never be forsaken. And on this day of the night is my mom's birthday, I'll say it this way. There is no place his love cannot find her because he was, she was never forsaken. And like so many mothers, she was an imitator of that love that Christ has offered us. So, Mom, thank you, and happy birthday. Love you. Let's read it one more time. Blue homespun and the bend of my breast keep warm this small, hot, naked star fallen to my arms. Rest, you who have had so far to come. Now nearness satisfies the body of God sweetly, 
Quiet he lies, whose vigor hurled a universe. He sleeps whose eyelids have not closed before. His breath, so slight it seems no breath at all, once ruffled the dark deeps to sprout a world. Charmed by doves' voices, the whisper of straw, he dreams, hearing no music from his other spheres. Breath, mouth, ears, eyes, he is curtailed who overflowed all skies, all years. Older than eternity, now he is new. Now native to earth as I am, nailed to my poor planet, caught that I might be free, blind in my womb to know my darkness ended, brought to this birth for me to be newborn, and for him to see me mended, I must see him torn. This has been The Daily Poem. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another one.